Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef pro- program from the creators of Read It and Weep. This is season 18 coming to you from the bubble in Portland, Oregon. We're all getting to watch episode one, First Impressions. I am Alex, by the way, uh, joining uh, me in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. It's Megan. Hey, buddy. Hey, Alex. And today we have a pared down panel, uh, but an excellent one nonetheless. Joining us from Northern California, it's Ez. Hey, buddy. And from Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris. Hey, dude. Great to be back. Hey, there. We will have more of your panel that you have grown to... Uh, tolerate um, one of these days. We'll have everybody back at some point. Uh, We have a variety of different things going on. Um, The one that I will tell you for sure is I, that are the, that seems the most fun to talk about as is that Sarah is off helping on an Easter egg hunt. Is that right? Yes. So uh, we have like uh, neighborhood kids. uh, We like kind of coordinated with other uh, houses in our cul-de-sac. And um, basically, yeah, we have like a progressive uh, Easter egg hunt where like all the parents like hid some uh, eggs in each of like uh, each other's yards. Um, and then wait, like, all, wait, you hid them in your other, in other people's yards, our yards and each other's yards. So it's basically like we all, yeah, there's like, I don't know, everyone got like 40 eggs, uh, and wow. then like hid like eight in each of each other's yards. Uh, and then like, we're all, so there's like 40 in each, but it's like, no one knows where all of them are. Right. Oh, that's one fun. egg is made of solid gold bullion. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just regular bullion, actually. Just, just the, <laughs> yeah. What is, what is <laughs> gold? Chicken the other one is salty. <laughs> Uh, well, that sounds like a ton of fun, and we look forward to having Sarah back soon. Um, before we start the show, does anybody have any accolades we want to share? Does anybody want oh, to mention any I awards? Raise my hand. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a jerk. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just want to start out by getting that out there. I, just, cool. I want people to know that if you raise your hand for this, you're probably a jerk. It was a trap. For sure, it was a trap. I just want to You make... did used to work for Tom, right? Yeah. yeah I don't think he said good. that yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although legit saying, "Oh yeah, I have two gold medals," is like but that was I mean, you know, that's awesome. a totally re- reasonable one. But uh, it's a fun fact. It's not pertinent. Wait, Eater, but Eater no Portland. Gold medals. It was just Olympian, right? Does she have medals? I guess I took your. I, f- I thought. Never mind. You know, I recently just watched Cool Runnings, and John Candy's character <laughs> had two gold what? medals. Did he really? <laughs> Did he really? Wait. So yeah, he got caught cheating on his third Olympics at the bobsled. Oh. Anyway, you got. You got confused between when you watched Top Chef two nights ago and when you watched Cool Runnings last night. Three nights. Three nights ago. Okay. To to be fair, Chris watches Cool Runnings every night. So (laughs) It's so confusing. I was like, well, Tom's doing really well. But on the other hand, Jamaica's got a bobsled team. Well, Uh, that's a fun diversion. Um, I just want to let everyone know that I was a semifinalist for host of the month in the Pack Your Mics email newsletter. So... (laughs) Um. I want to say so. So Don, uh, this is uh, Chef Don Burrell. Uh, she uh, won gold at, at like a 2001 uh, World Indoor Championship. Uh, she represented it in 2000 um, Summer Olympics, but did not win at there. So did not win. Um, yes, but still pretty great. Did jump really long. We can all agree. Yeah. <laughs> they showed her jumping long, and I was like, "That's a long jump." You know um, what? So we have we have long jump. We have high jump. Uh-huh. I feel like you have triple jump. We have triple jump. No, but I just wanted. Is there like a, like either a diagonal jump, where it's like because like one's like just jump. going straight and one's oh, like going like up. Right. You know, is there just like to well, sort of like like up into the side maybe? Right. You just call it like most jump. Most jump. <laughs> <or> <laughs> <when you laughs> most creative jump. <laughs> oh yeah, freestyle yeah. jumping. I would take that. I also would go for a deep jump. I don't know what yeah, that would. Be <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Can you fall into this hole really well? <laughs> <You> plummet. <laughs> yeah. Plummet. <laughs> 
I we received that, a silver medal in 2016 in the plummet event. That's kind of the high dive. That's kind of what, what down jump is. A plummet. Yeah, down jump. Wow, we solved that. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome to the bubble. It is uh, We have 15 shiny new chefs, chef testants, yeah. who have been tested and retested so much they basically have swabs hanging out of their noses, and they are lined up in a mysterious industrial space in southeast Portland, decorated with beer taps and bicycles and the neon words, fresh and local. Here's the thing. Isn't it the convention center? So I thought it was originally, and then it I have now been suggested that it was not. Oh, uh, okay. The you guys can one- fact check me on this, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure every single industrial space looks like this. They just happen to... to- to we this is the first time we've shot a show in it but they're all like that yeah it's a classic portland thing where every industrial space must have generic words about food in neon on the walls <laughs> man i tell you this, these these like west coast cities are wild i had originally been told yeah we read somewhere that they were in the convention center and they were staying in the shiny new convention center hotel but then they're definitely staying in the uh hotel monaco downtown and then one of the portland papers um, reported that they were in a southeast industrial space so mm. i will get back to you on more reporting as to their actual location um as they kick off this brand new season of top chef all vying for the rather generous prize of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh, uh so as jade number one put it san, san pellegrino doing pretty well over there in the bubbly water business oh yeah they uh sprung for quite a prize this year um, in addition, we also have a group of all-star former chef testants, plus some guy named Amar who's never been on the show before. I'm confident. That's not true. And they <laughs> he was are taking turns judging from the absurdly wide judges table. And I want to know, how are you guys feeling? It's time for a classic Pack Your Mics feels dump. Yay. Chris, start us off. Dump your feels on us. How you doing? It's great to be back. It's great to have a new season of Top Chef. And they managed to make it feel Top Chef-y and, you know, like, uh, you know, all the all the things we expect and get a really talented pool of chef testants, even during, you know, the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. So I'm I'm super thrilled. Yes, there are too many chefs on my TV. Too many chefs yes, there are too Portland. many Gabes on my TV. Yes. But... You know, it, it seems like a good group. It seems like a relatively uh, villain-free group so far. I mean, like, if you think about out of 15, there's one, maybe one and a half people that have some villain potential. Some light but, villain, villainy, but we know yeah, that this but is it, not the show's main focus anymore. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but a good vibe. And we have so many different cuisines represented. We have Extremely. two uh, Mexican chefs. We've got a couple of uh, chefs highlighting African cuisine and Afro-Caribbean cuisine. Um, you know, and and just like, I think I think it's going to be a really broad set of skills here, which is cool. Very cool. Yeah. All, in, in terms of the talent you um, and how good everyone seems, this is, according to them, the first time they've had an all-executive chef and up talent pool there's yes. not a single sous chef or lower on there there's not any yeah. home cooks that's bonkers yep. yeah the people who would normally be real busy weren't as busy yeah, in 2020 i mean that is true and also yeah one of the main things that i think keeps some people from signing up is that they've got a restaurant to run so this is the the slight upside to that sad thing is that people Good who news yeah. where we took care of all your restaurants <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just so nice in in the terms of feels dump to see to see padma tom and gail yeah. to see faves like uh my my heart melissa king yeah um you know it's just yeah, it's gregory just it's just, um yeah i'm excited it's, it's great to be back yeah you know? we we would uh in addition to all those things that are great to be back we as i don't know i'm not sure if we actually mentioned this on the pod exactly but megan and i moved to los angeles uh right before they made it illegal to do networking 
And um, so we, but we've been out of Portland since the beginning of pandemic. And now uh, to see these swooping drone shots of all of our former bridges made me real homesick. So it was lovely to see all of the chefs back and the show back and also lovely to see Portland again. They finished the construction on the north side of the Broadway or of, of, of the Burnside Bridge. We didn't know until we saw that drone shot. So that was cool. All of the things about the drone shots on the bridges were really confusing for me, though, because like I couldn't orient myself and I didn't really have that sense of movement. It usually would with the with the bridge stuff. So it's like, I don't know. Am I am I getting closer to the thing I want to get to or further away? I just felt like I was just kind of <laughs> circling and lost among the bridges. That's a fair feeling. Yeah, there's a whole bike event where you just go from bridge to bridge and stay confused. So you could maybe you're part of the the bridge run bridge so, ride it can't be run right bridge that, cruise. well there's also yeah there's a bunch of different bridge events anyway the point is uh yes i agree with you it, it was it was a very strange sense of movement and but every uh every uh, skyline shot megan and i tried to find our old apartment because it's visible sometimes oh and, my god how could we have not transitioned from like our last episode of bridgerton to just bridgetown Oh, that's so good. That's so true. We went from a Bridgerton bonus to a Bridgerton episode. Also fun about Portland. The Duke is there. What? Yeah. You know where the Duke isn't is season two. Apparently, <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, which is too bad. Um, we're not going to get to talk about um, where he puts it. We can still talk about it. Anyway, um, as give me your feels dump. Um. I I really liked it. It was really yeah. It was nice to be back. I, I've been like kind of like I guess prepping a little bit uh, accidentally by reading uh, uh, Padma's uh, memoir. Uh, um, did not kind of like on read accident. Uh, I mean, like I meant to read it. I didn't okay. like. I didn't necessarily mean to like read it as prep for this. But like that's been cool. Um, yeah. It's uh, uh yeah. I don't know. It was just really nice. Just like I feel like like a lot of it just like wow we. Uh, been through a, a ton last, you know, last twelve months or so, and just felt like this is more of the the kind of hopeful on the other side of it kind of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, it's been it's been good. It feels feels good to have it all back. Um, nice nice to be, um, yeah, back on the show. Also, it's just it's good. It's pretty good, dude. Um, Megan, I, I do agree. There were too many you know, chefs, and I guess yeah. we balanced that out by having too few um, hosts. hosts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Megan, time, how are you yeah. feeling? Dump your feelings on me. I thought it was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so far I'm really liking it, and it's fun to see places that I know. Um, it's also fun to, you know, learn things that I don't know about Portland. So I'm just really excited. Yeah, for, did you for know it was home to the Chucker? No, I didn't either. That's, did you know the Chucker existed? I am no. very familiar with the Chucker. I just did not know it was in in Portland. Um, I know that. Well, I'm not very familiar, but there was a, a minor league baseball team in Reno where I grew up that was called the Chuckers. And one of the games we went to had a free giveaway, which was a little metal thing that made a clicking sound that was super annoying that they called a chucker clucker. And um, I was 12 and certainly ruined my parents' lives with it. You probably, by the time you were 12, you probably had found a way to ruin it. I had already, yeah, definitely. Their lives were well ruined by me, but now they had an annoying clicking sound to deal with all the time. Um, So let's get... On top of everything else. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, on the the chucker descriptions... It says they have a buff belly, which is pretty... A buff belly? Yeah, they do. Oh, that's useful it's if you long, have like a... Long partridge, light brown back, gray breast, and buff belly. Oh, buff yeah. Buff there, I think, is a color, isn't it? Who knows? Nope, nope they're strong, Chris. It means they've been okay. in the gym a lot. Yeah, jacked. Okay. Jacked. Very very good. The jacked Old birds. Um, so let's jump into the challenges for today. So we got too many chefs in our Portland, uh, and it is time for their quick fire challenge. 
Um, sometime before the show started, apparently, the show sent them a mysterious questionnaire asking the seemingly innocuous question, what ingredient could you live without? Little did the chef testants realize not, they would... Could you not live without? Sorry, could you not live without... Great point. Yeah, actually, what... In, really quick, durian, round robin, They all say durian. As, as what ingredient could you live without? I could definitely live without... I mean, look, look, I could live without durian for sure, but I don't even use it. I guess I have the stuff that I normally use. Uh-huh. Um, I could probably live without... I'm just like, looking through my, uh, my pantry in my mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, durian's a fine answer. Well, but that's like that's like that's a thing that I've like never. It's not even ever there. Um, I'm gonna say I could probably live without. Jeez, uh, I was gonna say like cornmeal. Cornmeal, yeah, you Actually, could live without cornmeal. I'm not sure if that's true. Like, I kind of regret it already, but I said it now. So, <laughs> wow, I didn't realize this would be such a hard question, it's... Chris. What can you live without? Uh, that's, uh, it is a weird question. We just don't structure our brains this way um, most of the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, oranges. Oranges? All right, I, I'm I, fine. I regret this also. I, I could live without marjoram. Um, Megan, what really? could you live without? I'm going to combine yours and Chris's and say, I could live without marmalade. Oh, yes. Oh, you do I could live marmalade. without that. That was the best answer. Yeah. Oof. Um, but the thing is, regarding these ingredients, right? Bravo made sure the chefs had that ingredient stocked well yeah so 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 you know for instance somebody said masa you know they definitely made sure they had masa available for so to be clear yeah so they said what ingredient could you not live without and so for people who have not seen the show what the show then did is deprived the chefs of oxygen and water and forced them to live exclusively on that ingredient yeah, that's that's this show. Uh, sure. That happens or off song. camera. What were you thinking of? <laughs> yeah, you're, oh, you're right. I was thinking of um, <laughs> uh, from uh, yeah, saw block. Top top, uh, top saw. Pack your saws Who and go. Hot fudge now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that all happens off camera. Meanwhile, on camera, they use hashtag more knife block to assign teams of three. And the chefs who don't even know each other's names, but they do know that Gabriel won a meaningless award from a website, have to combine their life and death ingredients to make one coherent dish for the comically large prize of triple immunity and an advantage for all three players in an elimination. Also, if you don't know someone's name, best guess, it's Gabe. (laughs) On this show, it is likely Gabe, although you could also call them chef. Um... The relatively coherent group of butter, kombu, rice vinegar lands Chris, Shoto, Roscoe in the bottom, while the insane combination of call fat, gruyere, and Mexican chocolate puts one of the Gabes plus Brittany and Maria in the top. Um, but first one of the season goes to the Super Friends, the team of Kiki, Portland, Sarah, and Sasha, who joined Scotch Bonnet Peppers, Salted Anchovies, and the winner of the Pack Your Mike's Ingredient of the Year, eight seasons running, Lemons. Yeah, when life gives you lemons, you're very lucky because lemons are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a fun challenge. This is a fun icebreaker challenge for these chefs. You know, like somebody had to pair like Gruyere cheese or put Gruyere in a gremolata. Like, oh, yeah, I cook Alpine cuisine. I I cook Mexican. Like, okay, sure. Did they call it a Gruyere mulata or not? They they, they did not. They didn't. They definitely should have, though. It was a fun way to learn something about your yeah. fellow chef testants. Yeah, we learned, yeah. for example, that some people just like butter. I mean, yeah. butter's awesome. <laughs> do you have, butter's yeah, great. Do you guys have a favorite brand of butter? I do. Ooh. What's yours? Please share. Uh, we really like President Butter. Ooh. It's uh, French and imported, and it's great on toast. The flavor's even better than something like a Kerrygold or a, you know, whatever. Wow. It's a little grassier. All right. Yeah. Hard to get these We're days. We're thinking about but, being into expensive butter one of these days because we, we also started making bread. 
There's a butter yeah. of the month, I think, club. No, it's too much. Too much butter. Can't handle it. Yeah. I, beware of the subscription. <laughs> yeah, in general. Um, Chris, uh, not you, Chris, other Chris, just used, uh, it was just Tillamook unsalted butter, which is solid butter, but is not, it wasn't like yeah, he had a, he, I think he just wrote butter and they got him cool local butter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, a, a good quality, but commodity butter. I mean, I, I did like that Padma sort of dragged chris and roscoe for saying like yeah butter and rice vinegar have you watched this show we already stocked well, that but okay okay this Depends is my concern about that roasting is that i don't know the context they were asked this because if they were like doing a bio for the website and one of the questions was what ingredient can you not live without you might put butter and that's a better answer than some of the fancier ones like mushroom oh, powder agree. but if their question was hey we're setting up a quick fire what ingredient do you not live without in the kitchen like that would be silly to say butter i like to think it was like maybe like a team team glamour style quiz or something like that uh, yeah where like yeah they they were like it's like like t- we'll tell you what kind of chef you are and they answer like five other things and along with the, the that what ingredient could you not live without and then yeah. they're like oh that's and it fun was like all right so plantains walk into the lunchroom at the same time as your mom's apple chutney who do you look at first yes by the way my favorite choice of anybody's ingredient abishar could not live without specifically his mom's apple chutney i thought that was adorable yeah that's sweet i like this yeah what it seems sweet but not long for this contest no i i no i'm with you chris i do not feel like we got much to hope for for okay i'm going all in on avishar going all the way now oh man yeah i think that is um a classic ezra move um yeah, I, I mean, I thought uh, I thought this was a fun group challenge. My favorite thing in group settings on the show is when people, in general, with art, I like collaboration. I like when people are into collaborating. And there were a couple chefs who were excited to meet each other and work with chefs they didn't know, as opposed to put upon by the idea of someone else having an opinion in the world. Yeah, and, and they should be there to make friends. <laughs> well, and in fact, the the winning team became the super friends right away they were like and and they were the ones who were collaborating like they liked it there was when one person was like can we zest it and the other one was like hell yeah yeah that was, was like, the best response to zest so good oh it was a very and, zesty and it worked and their ingredients sung well together and they just became friends and i love it when the chef become friends it was nice although yeah i mean actually i was surprised with like the the more contentious uh like uh portland gabe and uh uh and maria like i feel like there was like a little like like portland gabe was not like doing great early on but like also that like turns out not 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 super friend group could also work right like they they also yeah that's true they did not they did not work super well together their ingredients were incredibly hard i actually feel like if you were judging on the curb of how hard your ingredients were to marry call frat gruyere and mexican chocolate seems like the most impressive one it's like it seems like yeah and gabriel let us all know that he thought that was (laughs) say that not under your breath when breath when (laughs) over your breath (laughs) so other people can hear man yeah gabe okay so really just since there's there's two portland chefs um portland gabriel and portland sarah um and Portland Gabriel, who did work for Tom, but he has a sandwich shop in Portland that we have, and we've never eaten in either of these people's places. But he he, he has a yeah. fine looking sandwich shop, and then um, Sarah and two other restaurants, and a couple other restaurants. But none of them seem fine dining, right? Mm-mm. And then no. Sarah is working at a vineyard um, south of Portland, and um, so we've not gotten to that either. But um, they decided to take opposite tacts to this opening of the show. 
where Gabriel decided to only open his mouth to say things that would make that would embarrass him, and Sarah decided to underestimate herself and rule every time she cooked. I think this is maybe partially the edit, right? I'm well, certainly there was some some editing in that, but um, but yeah, no, I, I did think that that yeah, the Portland Sarah um, is like kind of like looking for like a Stephanie Seymour's uh, I guess crown yeah. a little bit of like the the underestimate yourself, which is pretty. Yeah. It's so much more charming than want, wanting people to know that you think you uh, won this episode. Um, yeah. Does anyone it, does anyone just estimate themselves instead of like the over or under? You know. I, so, mm. I mean, statistically, someone has to. Most should, right? Yeah, the bulk. Yeah, the bulk it's of the like, Oh, I think I did all right, and then you do all right. Yeah, you know, this is my yeah. new goal. Um, Why not? Yeah, that that person seems like the happiest person. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I would think. Um, uh, two things. Yeah. Sorry, two quick things about uh, Portland Sarah um, is she seems really nice and really good, and her flavors seem really good. Um, the underestimating yourself is a shtick that gets old quickly. Mm. So it's great on episode one. We'll see if it continues. That's yeah, fair. She'll uh, learn how to tap dance next. Yeah, <laughs> but not really. Third episode to um, the judges but, table. She's like, I can juggle now. What do you think of that? <laughs> but you know, there's, there's all, there's all different kinds of confidence and different kinds of, you know, uh, context for things like while watching it, Tanya's like, she has an entire arm sleeve of t- tattoos. Yeah. You have to be a little confident to get well, that. Unless someone's like, Hey, I'm going to give you a tattoo. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you would look good with tattoos? Sure. Yeah, I. That's a great, that's a good point. I'm not as annoyed by it, but let's actually get to that in a second because she was not as she hadn't leaned fully into that in the quick fire. So let's jump into the elimination challenge. But before we start this segment, did anybody leave pumpkin seeds in the oven? Just want to check. And did anyone take them out? Yeah, are they still that burning? Made me so, <laughs> so nervous. Is there a pumpkin seed fire at the at the kitchen still to this day? Like those that coal mine that's like a fire that's been burning for two hundred years. There's like there's still pumpkin seeds in the Top Chef kitchen years after the show's over. Do we have a coal fire that's that long? Not two hundred, but yeah, there's like a seventy year fire burning in Virginia. I think. Yo, we should do some with that. No, you can't. It, like if you, it turns out if you light a coal mine on fire, it's basically just a perfect forever lamp, and you can't get near it, and you can't smother it because it's a cave. Yeah, I mean, you can roast marshmallows nearby it. That's doing something. Oh, if you it's it's very toxic. Yeah, oh. yeah. I, but you I don't like want to eat thinking. those marshmallows. He didn't say eat them. He just said re- roast them. No, just 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 it just seems like a waste. <laughs> anyway, um, so in this challenge, specifically designed to make people from Portland roll their eyes, it's already time to put a bird on it. Episode one. Hey. That's the thing you've heard about. But in one of Padma's more awkward transitions, she explains that Portlanders love bird watching. So we've killed a variety of beautiful local birds for you. <laughs> um, we already had a knife block appearance, so they decided to get to debut hashtag egg block as the chefs crack open eggs to find which native Oregon game bird they get to butcher quail, duck, squab, turkey, or everybody's favorite bird, the chucker. Everybody um, from the group of chucker pluckers uh, um, has a harder time than those with duck luck, but they all get 30 minutes to shop at the Whole Foods app and then get curbside pickup where, if our experience tells them anything, they get a fun adventure of finding the weird substitutions that have been made for them. Yeah. The chefs then go over to the Oregon Museum of Science Industry, which is everybody's favorite place to get pushed out of the way by a child with dirty hands, before the chefs uh, line up for Judge's Table Imposter Syndrome edition, where um, Tom's palate lets him down severely as he says Sarah's dish dish tasted confident and she would have changed 
every single thing about it. <laughs> but uh, uh, her quail in self-criticism sauce takes a f- the first win of the year, um, which is a rare double for the first episode for her. Very strong start yeah. for the locals. Um, Typically, right, uh, Top Chef uh, fans from other seasons will know that if you win the first challenge you usually have a target on your back in some regard Ian, and you're regarded as a front runner chance of winning the season yeah i was trying to think of what the actual stats were of people who won the first and then went on to win yeah i mean basically it, you know there are 15 chefs her her chances have statistically have gone up from one in 15 to more like one in 14 one in five oh, or yeah. one in four <laughs> Um, one in 14 because someone went home yeah someone went home <laughs> yeah um, well yeah that's also true uh, in the bottom <laughs> is not long for this world avishar's uh chucker fried chucker uh the wacky ladies duck and mouth noises and sasha's quail over tight in a bad way polenta but the season starts out with the incredible with incredible heartbreak as pit master master roscoe's doom edit turns out to have been on the nose and his oily duck adobo sends him quacking Uh, so many things so many things so firstly great summary thank you excellent excellent (laughs) alliteration Uh, i hope it didn't take you too long Uh, i I basically did not (laughs) do anything else on saturday (laughs) (laughs) but with roscoe like you know i we've had so many times where they give a doom edit and fake out or you know it's just sort of a get to know you thing that i thought maybe he wasn't going home and there are so many things to like about roscoe like you learned Love about his roscoe. background as an artist you learn yes. that he'd spent time in portland you learn that he's like a really highly regarded like barbecue pit he's, master uh, you, you learn that he would like to be a rapper but is a little too busy yeah, a little too busy a little too old yeah and you know then he goes my secret weapon is my adobo and i went oh because every time a really good chef has pulled out an adobo in top chef it's it's been an instant win. it's a great it's a great dish and he ruined it five ways from sunday you know he everything about it was bad and you just you hate to see he he claimed to be a master of the adobo but it was the pits oh Was that was that off the dome or was that also? Yeah, that was off the dome. That was okay, not. In the, right, I wish I had added that to the summary. Um, what, what I was going to say though, we also do have this trope of like once you say you're really good at sling, right? Yeah. Like you do also you open your mouth when you say that, right? It, uh, uh, so, um, it, you could tell how uh, how bad and how unpleasant it was was that all of the other dishes when you get that beauty shot um, where it tells the description of it, his was zoomed in like five x, so you could see the pools of oil on it. Like they clearly were like. We need you to know that this was unpleasant on the mouth. It's yeah. a way different uh, zoom level than any of the others other shots. So, yeah. And in fact, like, you know, other mistakes like the peanut stew with no sauce in it and just yeah, just peanut the stew minus stew. <laughs> yeah. Was better. Yeah. Than I mean, this so the, I thought the edit was pretty clear from early on. We were learning too much about him. This was too doomy. And then I spent the rest of the episode just trying to talk myself into anyone else having a chance of going home because I really liked him and I was rooting for him. Uh, and he, he seems like just a nice dude. Um, and sometimes when someone's oh, yeah. a little older than the rest of the field, like John, it feels kind of like they're trying to prove something that's not as fun. But Roscoe just seemed like just like he likes cooking and wanted to meet people and hang out and try to cook. And he seemed like just all of the all of the right energies that i wanted on the show and i so i was devastated last chance kitchen yeah 
Yeah, well, sure. No chance. I, I don't think that somebody who's used to slow cooking has a is a very good a, point. A That's good one of the things about being a pit master is he is not it's not on a short timeline. Yeah, he doesn't sleep much, but you dude. Know. Yeah, he would have been really uh had an advantage in That's some of those true. like yeah. marathon challenges. Yeah, if it was an overnight Texas chili challenge, he'd yeah. be like, Ugh, we're not even wow, I guess we're just blowing right through nap time here. um i'm normally i sleep for this half hour but fine i'll keep cooking yeah he's he would have been very good at that um uh okay so so uh, the whole time i was hoping that roscoe wouldn't break my heart the other thing this is not a villain edit entirely but how did wacky lady make you feel was she being unfairly maligned by the edit that focused so much on her noises or was um is just anytime somebody insists that they're weird, does that also get on your nerves a little bit? Hmm. Megan, how did you feel about that? Yeah. Tell me, am I, am I a bad person? <laughs> no, that's not no. what, though. Let's no, no, make no. Those I know two that's not what you were asking, Chris. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I just, when people say um, that they're know. weird. I think, I, I think that she, I don't know how much of it was the edit. I think that she kind of introduced that. I don't know. Like, yeah. It, but. I, I like it when people are themselves and I didn't mind it. I guess I, it's a combination of, I don't like when people say they're weird, but then also she did, she cooked the peppers so much that it made everyone in the kitchen choke. And the combination of like, I'm just like this. And then doing something that seems kind of irresponsible and wrong. Maybe. I think oh, I don't think to, it was irresponsible. And wrong. That, I love that moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone else was coughing and she was like, totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it's like, I cook Vietnamese food every day. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah. It was, I, well, okay. I just don't like when people are messy and this felt like a, like an airborne messiness in the kitchen. It, it's, it's, it's I think it's a thing that you're kind of used to where it's like this one, it has to happen. Like yeah, they they're aware that yeah. Sometimes your chilies are gonna get they're gonna get in, all up in your lungs. Also, she made me have to look up um uh Michael Winslow, who I didn't think about for a while, who was on the you mean the dad from Police Family Academy Matters? guy? No, the the sound effects guy from Police. Yeah. Oh, Police Academy, yeah, that one. Um, yeah. isn't Winslow the guy in Family Matters too? Was, anyway, uh, you're right, but it's not right, right. Michael. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean Megan, I think I'm I'm with you on on her. Like she's clearly just being herself, and that's how she like that's her headspace is yeah. making those little noises. Um, you know, I'm sure it will be exploited by the elves, and yeah, you are opening to be yourself an up to a light roasting. But just like a I, open, pit I don't mind it on fire. its face, you know, because you know maybe she's really good at cooking. Um, how do you guys feel about this? Um, this bird challenge um, having specifically like one of people's favorites ingredients, duck being an option. And then also having two least, uh, a least favorite option turkey. with Turkey. And then also a thing no one's ever heard of with Chucker. It's fine. And is, do you think about birds a lot in Portland? Well, I mean, this is that's that one sketch uh, from Portlandia. Oh, that just, yeah. That's why this is all happening. Um, well, probably two sketches. There was put a bird on it, and then there's the chicken sketch, right? Well, I would. I wish this had a little more about the chicken sketch than the bird, because I think that's a better sketch. That's or at least more related to this. Um, uh, the one where they like tell you how the chicken lived before mm. they killed it. Yeah, and then they have to go to the yeah. farm. And they go to the farm and yeah. stuff. Yeah, which I think was yeah. a little bit more appropriate here. But yeah, I. It's funny. I think that they observed correctly that a lot of stuff in Portland gift shops has little birds knitted onto them. But I don't think 
I I never knew people who were super into bird watching there. And if you were into bird watching, I don't think turkey would be one of the birds you were excited to watch. <laughs> no. But there no, are wild turkeys. But, yeah, no, they, I mean, these are all I think most places have wild turkeys. Yeah, wild turkeys are everywhere in the country. They're definitely in Oregon. <laughs> but yeah, all of these are birds that do wild game birds that you can um find and kill in Oregon. All of all five. Yeah. Um Yep. I you know, for me, and this is just something this is some early season stuff where it's like we we had our challenge producer had a phrase that they used to create a scalable challenge that logistically made sense yeah. that you had some choice, you had some small groups, you had some ingredients where some people, you know, there were different trade-offs to picking the one that everybody knew versus the one that nobody knew. And, you know, I'm not sure that this needs to be a heavy commentary on Portland. I'm just thinking back to like the Seattle season and how many things were just like, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. You know? well, I guess okay. I'm, I'm more curious. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, you're cooking in the Space Needle. Like they had to do the thing. I get that with this. It's more that I think actually some of the birds were just too hard. Like the top four were two ducks, a quail and a squab. There were no chucker and no turkey in the top four. And I think mm. it's because those were just really super hard. Mm. But was it? I can't remember how much of that was the cook on the meat or on the bird. Well, so for Avishar, they did say that the chucker was fried beautifully and then everything else was wrong. So they did not blame that. And for, and actually, honestly, for like having squab on the show, it's almost always cooked wrong. And the fact that we did not hear a lot about badly cooked squab. Um, yeah. Is I mean, Gabriel's notable. good. He's clearly, he's technically good if he can do that. He and, did, and yeah, he's in the that. top twice. And he's editing, he's editing well, you know, in terms of saying, I want just like three or four ingredients here. And he used local honey. So he's using all of his editing energy on the food and not on what he says, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, some of the stuff like no turkeys were in the top, right. but also that's, you know, Part of it is the cook, and yeah. squab is just as easy to do wrong as turkey. Squab is certainly to is do one of those, yeah, bland. easiest to do wrong for sure. Um, and and we had like you know Shota's like soy braised duck breast, like doing that technique that everybody was so curious yeah. about, and you know doing something awesome. I think he's you know certainly flagged for me as one to watch. Oh sure. Can, also, I love having you know, two Portland and a Seattle in the top four. I mean, that was a great start for the Northwest. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever eat at Shota's restaurant, Chris? Nope. Okay. No, I think it was after our time. Where's other games? I mean, th- that's I that's another thing just generally. And this is oh, not awesome. the right place for this, but I'll say it, uh, which is we just talked about the Seattle season on a retrospective. And Tanya and I and Sarah, too, uh, are all from Seattle historically, but we don't have recent knowledge. Right. So when somebody's like, hey, there's a current restaurant in Seattle, I'm like, cool, I, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for you all, having only come in from Portland a year ago, like you probably do have a lot of current knowledge about where they're going. And well, they're yeah, I mean, so um, we know a lot of the places for sure. We don't know. Um, and we probably will know some of the um, restaurants and stuff they go to, although it's hard with restaurants because so little of it still exists from when we left. Um, yeah. And... Like, yeah, we have, it was funny, the sandwich place uh, that Gabriel has, we were both like, man, I've n- I didn't even know there was stuff in those buildings over there. It's like, you're know, <laughs> like, oh, it's in that building? It's in that building, you yeah. Can, like, kind of see it from the Hawthorne Bridge. Yeah, so that, yeah. in fact, the, his sandwich shop is in the building that was that had Simple Bank in it until a little while ago, which you guys remember may remember as the cool tech-based bank that um, had a sa- scandal where everyone was, um, apparently all the employees were having sex in cars, and then it stopped existing. So... Um, huh. anyway, that's where his sandwich shop is, but it's clearly not the place we hang out. Um, my cars, 
uh, not to be in the office, I suppose. I didn't read too well, much about the polite of them. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so here's what we okay. So any any last thoughts on the bird challenge? I I hope. Is it not like a like a, a bee challenge? I guess to me, like I'm hoping this is like they have like better Portlandy stuff, like better like story type stuff, like later. And this is like you know, this is a solid one, and we can like we have like range to go up from here. They didn't want to like sort of like do all the Portlandness in the first uh, episode. That's what I'm yeah. hoping for, and do all the do all that kind of stuff with 15 people. Yeah, that's that true. Trying yeah, to get done. Yeah, so that's a good point. Yeah, because we still have too many chefs. So okay, um, oh, which actually just reminded me of a challenge that I would love to see that would actually be very Portlandy for them, and and probably the tourist board would like, which is that there's um there's a thing called the worst day of the year ride in Portland, which is like historically the worst weather of the year is this one day, and so what they what people do is they uh, cook free breakfast for people who are biking to work on one of the bridges. So anyone who's, bu- who's biking on the worst weather day of the year gets to stop on a bridge and get free, like uh, fresh donuts and coffee or whatever. Um, and so oh, if they were like, we're cooking breakfast nice. for the bike commuters on a bridge in the rain, that would be very Portland for Wait, me. How do they know yes. when it's going to be the worst day of the year? Well, it's like it's like the historically worst weather of the year day. So sometimes it's actually nice weather that day, but it's like this is the worst day of the year. This generally. is incredible. But that's also not probably during their summertime shooting. No, schedule, it's certainly not. Well, but this, so this brings me to our question. Um, so for Seattle, we were doing tall to Trenta. How Seattle was it? What is our Portland scale? Oh, geez. What is our mm. how, when we rate how Portland something is? Tucker to Turkey, one to five. Yeah, one to five voodoo donuts. I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> from can... uh, French press to pour over. Yeah, also coffee related. Um, uh, okay, not coffee. Okay. No, no, it's good. They're, although the, most of the Portland coffee scene moved away from pour over in the last couple of years because it's just not profitable enough. It's oh, is it not? Slow. Yeah, it's so slow. It's so slow. Have you ever tried so to get a pour over in, in a hurry? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, well, so, but they can't charge enough to make it worth the extra barista time, and so they all switched over to these very expensive drip machines that they decided were just as good, and probably they are right, um, but um, much faster. You maybe could do like how stumpy is it? Like how many oh, stumps? Like yeah, one this, to five stumps. I or like that. how tall the stump is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll start. Well, t- starting today, it'll be. Uh, we'll, we'll rate it from one to five stumps. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Portland is also one of their nick- one of the most charming nicknames is Stumptown. Um, it was so named because uh, the city was built on a clear cut forest area. Um, How charming! Yeah, um, but we'll do it for now. I I like Stumptown as a nickname over some of the other things that they're called uh, because it was the name of a comedy festival that meant a lot to me for a long time. The Stumptown Comedy Festival. So I think it's um, also a little more unique. Bridgetown. A yeah, lot of different cities are called Bridgetown. So many towns. Called, a lot of cities have bridges. This is the other thing about Portland things that are like cool and unique to Portland. They're almost all somewhere else. Um, so like, yeah, it's Bridgetown. It's not even close to the most bridges in a city. Um, the sl- the city's official slogan is the city that works, which is also the slogan of like thirty other cities in the United States. A lot of cities work. The one the 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 cool hip slogan is keep Portland weird, which was just stolen straight from Austin. Um, keep Austin weird, and I have always said, and I will say it again on this show: if Portland really wanted to be weird, they should have made the official slogan keep Austin weird. <laughs> much weirder <laughs> no one would have seen that coming <laughs> keep portland austin <laughs> <laughs> i do like there's always the spin-offs where it's like the people live in vancouver washington had stickers that said keep vancouver boring um oh, nice. anyway this is a, this is a fun we bumper had, we sticker keep game. tahoe blue i think it was yeah the... keep tahoe blue i'm a big fan of that one um, um anyway from one to five stumps 
how Portland was this episode for you guys. You guys have both, um, although not lived there, visited uh, uh, at least once. Did this feel very authentically Portland to you? I think two stumps is the most number of stumps I could give for this. Hmm. Yeah. 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 About the, just to, just to stump the height of like a Timbers scarf, you know, not, <laughs> yeah, not nice. really anything else. Like the thing is we, we are in, we were introduced to the warehouse space. That is the main uh, top chef competition area and sort of attached dining room. It's or no, sorry. The dining room is at OMSI. So this you one, get OMSI. Yeah, that's, that's all right. I should also but, say, by the way, OMSI is lovely. I like OMSI yeah, a lot. You took um, us there once. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice, kids museum science place uh, it's the it's the science museum right on the river yeah it's but the best part about omzi and also the weirdest is it's right on the river and they have a retired military submarine that you can tour um Mm -hmm. there's just a multi-million dollar war machine floating in our river and i don't know exactly why i'm not sure why it's there it's just you can get into it and be like wow this is a submarine and it's great well like like any retiree they're kind of tough to move (laughs) <laughs> but they, it wasn't there it, like that's the thing they moved it to there they bought a sub uh, they bought a retired submarine uh, the the submarine moved to portland to retire anyway well, what did strange. it want you know maybe that was his dream i want he was kids to be climbing on me yeah, in my, in my yeah, old just wants kids having to clambered on that particular submarine before i will say it is a very nice tour it is and I like boats, yeah. and it was a good boat tour. And I liked it too. And know. they do one, they, so they do like a regular submarine tour, and then once a month they do the nerd tour, where like a person who was very, very experienced with submarine tech will answer your nerdy questions. And I like, I like them having like there's like a, a beginning and advanced version of talking about sonar. It's fun. Um, I've had many good times at OMSI, um, although that restaurant not that great. <laughs> they were hanging out in it's fine yeah. it's mostly a view it's mostly you know? a view uh, anyway okay so two stumps from each of you megan one to five stumps how many um, stumps hmm. Hmm. i don't know i yeah i get i it's it's gonna be hard for me since i you know we don't eat meat and so right. I'm, I'm like do people eat a lot of like chucker i didn't notice no, I don't <laughs> no think we're, we're, I think we're just gonna say that. straight up no yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Certainly, people there eat some bird-related things, but I yeah. yeah, I'll give it I'll give it a two as okay. well. Okay. Yeah, there's some good uh, some good views. One thing that's going to be yeah, I mean, okay, so the design of the show, I will say generally, I am enjoy I do enjoy the flyers. It did it like it made me tear up a little bit seeing the flyer of the city. I miss it there, um, and I so I'm going to give them three stumps just for being in the city, and I'm very happy for it. It is going to be weird because especially this last year, Portland has been the um, home of a lot of protests and a lot of police violence. And the city of Portland has done basically everything wrong you could imagine over the last year. And uh, the mayor is a real problem right now. And um, so to have the shiny tourism boards version of Portland is going to feel a little bit odd. And I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with how that is going to go. I'm open to them doing a good job, but uh, you know, to see what Portland is like for my friends right now, and then to be like, what Portland is really like is going to this vineyard on, and going to the coast um, is going to feel a little bit too shiny for me. So I'm yeah. concerned. But I think three stumps well, just for showing us good drone footage. Yeah, P- Padma really, she did mention that, you know, Portland is is home to kind of a, a 
a real pivot point for the Black Lives Matter yes. movement. And both Padma and Tom and Gail, for that matter, too, are not shy about sort of activism. And I and, I agree that you know, they are not shy issues. about it. And I wonder how those, that is going to show up. Um, I mean, one of the things I learned from from researching Padma, she has a, a EP credit um, on the show, right? And and so I think she'd be able to sort of shift some of the the way things are portrayed as well. So maybe this is a yeah. yeah, I don't know. Cool. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Three stumps for me. Okay. Now it is time for. I'm going to let it roll for a minute because it's just nice to hear again. That song. Oh, you had means to bump it at the end. All right. It is time for our mailbag. You can get in touch with us uh, by sending email podcast at read-weed.com. Plus, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we have a great collection of mail. It is so exciting to hear from everybody. Um, it just makes me very exciting. excited to be back. Um, so let's start out with... Uh, let's start out with this. Um, Jay, number one, uh, sent along an article from Reality Blurred called Top Chef Portland's Physical Distancing Makes No Sense. It's not alone in its mixed messages. Uh, the thesis of the article, which we'll post on our uh, social and is on also on the, the show notes, is that um, just that they're being very silly and inconsistent with their COVID protocols. So Padma yeah. stands 10 feet away from Tom, but then Tom is shoulder to shoulder with Gail. The judge's table is 40 feet wide, but they ate dinner touching, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And so it does seem like... So the, ar- the article is basically saying like this is a weird version of... Um, security theater and it doesn't actually make a lot of sense um it, it's okay kind well, of because by now right like in the world where it's airing it is a little i would say on the whole less and less relevant maybe right like i certainly that's a, i like that vision i hope that it is less relevant um i don't know that it's going to stay less relevant in the next few months but that's i i all right well i guess i'll bold prediction uh when <laughs> At the time that uh, Avishar uh, is crowned uh, a top <laughs> chef, um, we're also going to be all vaccinated. Everyone's going to be fine, and there'll be no more coronavirus. But we'll have I another like pandemic that. of a different thing. So, yeah. Megan, what were you going to say? Um, oh, I was just going to say that um, I agree that it, you know, those inconsistencies were um, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever they did worked. Yes, um, they didn't have any. Mm. Uh, COVID yeah, Tom mentioned that they have whatever like filming seven hundred people involved in this production and not a single case during the filming, um, which yeah. is great, which is fantastic. Um, and you know, remember when this was shot? Also, we were all kind of figuring yeah. stuff it was out. Early. Yeah, we were still we were dumber back then. Yeah, we were dumber about this. And granted, probably a lot of this is for show, is to show that they're doing mm-hmm. you know protocols at certain points. And, and I, to make that I've read other people who think that that can. I've read different takes on that, and but I am generally in favor of it. I think if you're just just reminding people that it is normal, like, look, if I see these hot people social distancing, I should also social distance. I think that's helpful. So, yeah, I think it's yeah. good to remember. I also think that somebody in in television who makes a st- extremely wide tables had a very profitable year. Because oh, every yeah. show was like, we used to have a normal size desk, and now our desk is 40 feet wide. Um, Danielle on Twitter uh, added in response to that article, I work in public health and I do risk assessments based on whether someone is considered a high risk contact for getting COVID. And yeah, once they're past the hour mark indoors, 
you're all considered high risk anyway. The frequent testing helps, but other protocols, not so much. So once you're doing all of the, basically once they've done the testing, they've gotten in and they've spent this hour in the kitchen, it doesn't really matter if they're far apart anyway, because they're all breathing right. the kitchen air. Yep. They, Makes sense. It was kind of the fact that they made the kitchen extra big and everyone just had to run around more. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Roscoe was like, what? <laughs> I'm used to staying in one pit. You're going to make me run a football field on this? It was such a big kitchen. And there's already a lot of running in the show. So that that was very funny. <laughs> um, Allison agreed with your point uh one of your points which is that the social distancing spacing for the show was making a statement more than it was an actual necessity uh, which I also allison wrote in that same tweet we forgot to mention that richard blazes well hair no, we did not forget to he mention first walks Chris. in well let's, okay. let's swing into that uh, as mentioned by everybody on the internet um everybody wrote in yeah. so we have to talk about <laughs> the hair um taking the taking the the internet by storm um blazes quick fire updo so uh, Dave said, uh, mentioned on Facebook, I'm so thankful that Blaze's flock of seagulls hair only lasted half the episode because I couldn't stop yelling at the TV. Pretty sure he got mocked by the other chefs or, oh, or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the, uh, Padma roasted him, which uh, Ren mentioned. Yeah. Uh, what is Blaze doing with his hair? So glad Padma commented on it. Um, yeah. I will say that moment was really interesting for me because I thought Blaze took it pretty well. Um, and as we've sure. discussed on the show... Dishing it out is always more fun than taking it. So when somebody is good at taking it and he seemed to be good natured about it, I think that's that shows me a lot of character. Yeah. Uh, another point about Blaze, which is just very interesting to see as his career has progressed over the course of watching Top Chef, is Tanya uh, pointed this out. And I agree that his commentary is so much more as a restaurateur these days. Oh. For instance, when he was uh, seeing... Um, uh, Sarah's dish he commented that it felt very northwest and he's talking yeah. about like oh this dish clearly reads as fine dining you know he's less about the cooking methods which point. obviously he can speak to but the commentary that he's bringing is a little different than what Kwame or uh, Melissa are bringing yeah because he owns a lot of places um, that's a good that's a great point um, also a good point about Blaze's career uh, Jay number one commented yeah Richard's hair is ridiculous but remember he was the only thing standing between us and Top Chef Mike Isabella. Ooh. Which is a solid defense, I think. Uh, very. We thank point. you for your service. I also, it's funny, I, like, I, uh, may, Chris, maybe you can tell me about this since you have, I think, the uh, best hair uh, in the group. Um, oh, okay. The, uh, Probably the longest, except for Megan. The, the, Mine is very long. Hers is so long right now. Um, uh, Blaze's hair was a little silly but if you remember each year on the show his hair was a little bit aggressive for the time but then in hindsight yes. looked more reasonable i feel um Ooh, is this the is, future is he pushing the envelope in a in an interesting way is he keeping up that tradition does that work for you or is it is this the future or is this a bad miss uh i think this one was a miss and i think he by relenting yeah, by changing in the second between, half of the episode <laughs> between definitely challenges. agreed that it was sort of a miss i mean kind of just for the listeners uh you know i i read it as sort of like a kind of a weird white man pompadour situation it was with like a lot of, of a like pompadour yeah but like sort of almost a cotton candy front it was it was the hakusai cresting wave painting yeah it was it was a lot it's like uh, kind of like the nick cage bird I, hair that's what i thought of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean that's what it was bird related and, and you know, I, I like that he's going for stuff. I love when people take risks 
in general um, with their with their look and their style. And certainly coming out of COVID, we all have more hair to deal with, or most of us who haven't just buzzed it off, um, you know, have more hair, hair to deal with. And there are certainly ways to, to use that. It just didn't work for him in the moment. I was and, also, because the show presumably has hair and makeup people for judges. So yeah. it's interesting. So I assume he showed up with that and then they like helped keep it in place or something. But I can't imagine yeah. he sat down in the makeup chair and was like, hey, I would like my hair to be dumb, please. No, I probably not. Um, but uh, on another note, Kwame's black nail polish looked great and also was a thing that said he probably isn't in the kitchen every day right now. (laughs) That's very true. The the other thing on the hair stuff, just one more, like, like, I like to think that like Amaro is like, you know what? I I feel like my hair is gonna make a real statement. And like, then right in front of him steps (laughs) plays and he's like, well, (laughs) you guys remember Amar? You meant, I mentioned in the intro that I did not remember when when he first came out. When I looked him up, I did, but yeah, he was familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Familiar and like seemed like very talented and um uh, just, didn't just make a it blank as far spot as in my we brain where like, he used no, to be. I, I had warm I had generally positive feelings towards him. Okay, good. Um speaking of the judges, let me get um uh He was the finalist and lost Jeremy Ford. I forgot that. Yeah, see? Exactly. So like but he made it through the entire show. So at Jen Ellens on Twitter, speaking of judges, says this. Does anybody else find it strange that they only brought back one female chef to be part of the judging panel? Was Melissa the only one available? Surely they could have gotten another female instead of Blaze again. Well. But isn't there a bigger judging? I was confused by that. Like, did they have some people come on for less time? Yeah. So certainly. Yep, they will. The, upco- the, you know, look forward to this. Um, and the, the in the bubble, they have this larger group of all-stars. And it definitely includes uh, uh, Carrie Baird, Nina Compton, Tiffany Derry, and Brooke, at least. Um, and I think Kristen. And, and Kish, of course. Yeah, uh, Kish yeah. is there, we saw, um, who went with the shorter version of hair. Um, yes, uh, she went with the buzz option, looks great. Uh, which looks rad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they um, it seems like they have a group of bubble chefs and they like like a claw machine game at a grocery store. They just like grab a few and put them at the table. And then there's also one who is the super guest judge, um, which was Melissa today and Gregory for the first part. So um, it seems like there's a big rotating panel. But given that they have that group, it is a little weird that when we saw the table at OMSI, it was so dude heavy. Like they had more options and we know they're in the hotel with them. So why did they uh, ask so many dudes that day? Yeah. Um, Great point. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, we don't have an answer. We're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I know you know they, it's clear that the show cares about this sort of issue a lot this year. And so it's that makes it even more surprising that it seems so um, unbalanced on the whole. But we will see how it plays out over the year. It's just one challenge. So they did at least a better job coming from you know Seattle, which we just uh, saw, where it's like, which is like white dude, white dude, white dude, white dude. Yes, and yes. this is like, a, you know, at least a lot more diverse in that way. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And season seventeen, I know it was all returning people, but was you know quite balanced yeah. in terms of gender representation. I thought. Yeah. All right. So a couple more quick emails I want to get in here uh, from James. James says, "Hey gang, extra hey. is how I would describe this season just from the first episode." I like seeing some old faces, but it feels unnecessary to have more than two, uh, I think, like they did last season. With the pandemic affecting a lot of the usual touches, I think they're having to compensate for the Zoom guests. And uh, James's opinion on that is meh. One of the first noticeable changes, though, is the anticlimactic uh, shop before the challenges. Rather yeah. than getting am- amped up ahead of the challenge and the blatant RAV4 product placement, 
This season is sponsored by Instacart. Um, I'm still hoping for a Target-style Whole Foods overnight challenge for essential workers, but someone accidentally going over budget by buying $300 in a lamb rack doesn't hit the same on an iPad. I I like the idea of maybe a lot of like stress of trying to get your desired delivery slot because I remember that was one yeah, of yeah. the things that happened well, early so, on. So this is so Whole Foods I, is all through the Amazon stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so as you've done some Whole Foods deliveries and you've you've said you've told us before that it's like it is tricky to get the right delivery time. It was it was hard um, back in like you know like like I you know ten months ago maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Since then, it's pretty easy on the whole, and you can definitely do that. Like the curbside pickup is also fairly seamless. Uh, at we, most, I have a problem with sometimes they get you the wrong stuff. Um, yes. A little bit. Yes. Hey, joining us now for this last little bit, it's Sarah. Hello, everybody. Happy Hi. Top Chef. Happy yeah, Top we're Chef. back. Um, Top Chef has risen. Did you find some sh- uh, some eggs? Yes. The kids found lots of eggs. They ate all the candy before I even had a chance to make any rules. Did they unwrap it? <laughs> That's That's smart. My rules. Good, Good sm- yeah. smart move. Yeah, get yeah. grandfathered in all that candy. <laughs> They're like, wait, mom didn't say. <laughs> Did it swallow the plastic eggs whole? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit messy. And then they had sugary donuts. So um, oh it's God. a win. Wow. They, so gonna this some... afternoon's going to be awesome. Yeah. They're going to run around in circles until they fall down and nap, probably. Yep. Oh, well, one would think, but. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, here's the thing the sugar high, that's true. The sugar crash is kind of a myth in some ways. Oh. So yeah. do, do they just get grumpy? Yeah. Uh. I would say wild and crazy and then. Yeah, just cranky. yeah, cranky, but not like straight up tired. Not like right. not like not pliable. Not useful. Yeah, <laughs> pliable. Um, well, um, we were just talking about um, ordering uh, curbside pickup, and I was telling you that we'd had some weird at Ralph's. We've had some weird uh, substitutions where they're either like you asked for red potato, and they gave us a yam, which is a weirdness. Oh. That's like that's an orange potato. That it person is. should not be doing food shopping as their <laughs> well, career. and then sometimes they're like, yeah, we just made these substitutions, and sometimes they're like, we couldn't find that brand of pickles, so we just gave you no pickles. Oh uh, well, I like so yeah, I asked for horseradish, and they tried to pitch me pickles, and I was like, no, guys, it's not the same thing. <laughs> no, that's terrible. It's not like that's not the same. Does not serve the same function for the Passover seder. And then one day we just got a bag of fish we hadn't asked for, but because they just go up and put it in your car, we drove home. We we're like, well, we can't give them fish back. <laughs> Which so nobody wants. Nobody wants like already purchased fish. Yeah, totally. You know? And we're not going to eat fish. My um, our uh, my sister's boyfriend was nice enough to eat a bunch of salmon uh, for us. So we just showed up at his house with a bag of fish he didn't ask for, and he was happier than we were. <laughs> Did you at least get your money back for the unwanted fish? They didn't charge us for the fish. Oh, they, well, there we are. Somebody else paid for that fish, and then uh, they gave it to us, I assume. so. But they have this fun thing if they don't give you something. Like, they didn't. They left one bag out one time, <laughs> and so there's like $15 worth of food missing. And so they gave us, after some uh, phone oh. negotiation, yes. they gave us a credit of $15. But then there's no place to enter the credit on the website. You can't use it. <laughs> Nice. So they gave us so, a fun uh, thing where they gave us Ralph's bucks, and then they do not accept Ralph's bucks as legal tender. That's a good. That's a good that's hustle. Racket. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, so <laughs> on the whole, we we did end up paying for the fish. We just we called it something else that didn't happen. Um, but I agree that the, I agree with the main point uh, from James, which is that watching them run through the store is much more exciting than watching them try to use an iPad. Yes. Although I, I am looking forward, I hope there is some frustration. Just to echo the frustration we've all had yeah. with online ordering yeah. throughout this past year, for sure. Yeah, that's the other thing. Ralph's website does not acknowledge the existence of russet potatoes. 
They don't have them. They can't. You can't get them. It's not possible. Do and you that like seems like potatoes so much that, that that's the thing that's missing in your life. Like, well, we it is a thing that we eat on the reg, and oh. also it is a thing that I. It, I it's the thing that makes me the maddest because I've been in the store. I know they have it. I guarantee <laughs> you they're there. Maybe they're calling it something else. Oh, yeah, yeah there's round, magic potatoes. There's a, round boring potatoes. There's a whole substitution <laughs> potato thing, right? So if like if your red potatoes end up being like yams, order yams and maybe they'll be russets. See what happens. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. That's a very this is good a code. Point. Crack the potato um, code. <laughs> the, uh, Sarah, do you have any uh, fields dump you want to add that we haven't covered yet? How are you feeling about the new season right away? So I feel what I usually feel during the first episode, which is like really nervous for everybody and kind of awkward and uncomfortable but that aside i would say it looks like a very promising group of chefs and that is exciting um and i think just the the most salient feeling i had was blaze's hair yes Uh, yeah i'm feeling just that you you were just feeling so warm and positive about his excellent choice (laughs) actually oh my goodness that hair i'm gonna say like that was kind of a good capsule of that time i feel like in the feeling i think like they're making fun of it but like that like we were all Blaze's hair but, during that time. Oh yeah, I, guess t- I should I be clear. Have... I have the worst hair I've ever had currently. So it's but weird to be mad at him. I mean, that was the question, right? Was that supposed to be like, haha, quarantine, Pandemic everybody's hair, yeah. hair, or was it like Blaze thinking that was cool? Does he I think? Mean, it I think absolutely the second one. I, that... I kind of think it's a, it's a, it's it's both. It's right. It's where it's like it's quarantine goggles a little bit where you're like, look, I haven't seen anyone. I think I'm pulling this off. <laughs> and then, like uh, we're doing great, and then you see like, oh no. I'm I will. Bad. I don't know if this what what this adds to your theories, but I did see on Reddit somebody who had uh, made fun of his hair on Twitter, but didn't tag him, and he liked the tweet, suggesting he is searching Twitter for his name and liking people being mean uh, to his hair, which is an interesting decision. So this is like an attention grab, planting a seed it a year be. ago or whenever yeah. they filmed this. To yeah. maybe he's gonna like have some sort of product soon. Oh yeah, yeah maybe it's a, he's gonna open a line of barber shops. Yeah, um, that's a great that's a great theory. Um, anyway, James ends missed you all. We missed you too, James. Welcome yeah. back. Um, and then lastly, one last mailbag from Jordan, who says, "Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm so happy Top Chef is back because it means podcast." Oh, good yeah. episode. Knife block. First thing was awesome, but too much immunity, which mm. I triple immunity is gnarly, although it didn't yeah, matter. It doesn't. You matter got now. 12 other people to eliminate. Guys, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like that. They're still thinking in terms of immunity. Um, uh, Jordan asks any predictions on what happens with restaurant wars? Will there be guests outdoors? What do you think? Hmm. I was restaurant wars. The it was the I thought that was the drive in. So there is a drive-in we see, but I and we see clipped. We did see clips of restaurant wars, but I was not sure if those were the same thing. Or is it just going to be all of the chefs, like guest chefs that they've had all season, and like their bubbles or something? Yeah, their I bubble so. is big enough. You could actually yeah. have a pretty stressful restaurant. Yeah, service. like yeah. hey, all the crew, like I, yeah, crew. yeah. They, seriously, we don't. I would love them to feed the crew on the show. I I know I've read before that they're not the crew is never allowed to eat extra food because they might be it might bias them in how they film later or whatever. But mm. I do think it would have them taste blind and just have them all go be at these restaurants would be so fun and cool. Yeah. Well, but someone still has to like film it and stuff. You make the chefs do it. Make the chefs <laughs> film it. They make the food and then one they person have to has run to be front of house. Camera. One person has to be executive chef. Two people cook and then one person films the episode. <laughs> and then you eliminate the if if they do a bad job of filming, you send them home. 
You know, that kind of that kind of works with the pandemic because it's like, you know, as a parent, you know, you're taking over all the jobs. Yeah. 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 So as a chef, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That's our official prediction. Uh, Jordan is that the that that restaurant wars will be filmed by chefs. I mean, especially because we're down in, in LA now. I do feel like the crews of on film sets did a lot of early dangerous work. They were yeah. treated like essential workers here and requiring to work, but then were not given essential worker hero pay or early access to vaccines. And I think that is a problem. So I'd love this show to have acknowledged the uh, people working on the show, which is a, a lot of the like line cooks of the tv industry basically in that they are bake off did that so well this past season it was a really touching moment did they remind me about that uh they were in a bubble like their entire crew and all the contestants and judges and then so instead of like inviting everybody's family and friends they at the picnic it was for the crew and to thank the crew for all their Hard work. That's I remember that. That's so sweet. Mostly, I just remember that season and the, and how the, there was that creepy spoon with a face. Well, well yeah. What was up with that spoon? They need more boundaries, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was never big on that one judge, but then he had that thing where his spoon was hitting on a child, and it was real creepy. Um. Anyway, that's a slight aside. We're not a Bake Off show. We are about Top Chef, and we are also about time to wrapped up. We're about done. So, <laughs> um, does anybody else have any final? Uh, bold predictions before we go as has already predicted uh the wrong winner and i i think as a group we have predicted the chefs will film themselves anybody else bold predictions top chef season 18 i forget who it is but they've been making bread for the past four weeks and i gotta say that's good top chef prep good prep be able to do bread yeah so they're gonna do well and in fact i think the donut challenge the inevitable donut challenge oh uh, yeah they've got to do a stupid donut quick fire it's gonna be stupid and uh but it's gonna be way harder than anybody thinks and we're gonna see we're gonna see that as a make or break moment. i am looking forward to uh talking about voodoo donuts because i know some stuff about voodoo donuts i i had uh, i had trace shannon the founder on my talk show a while back and i learned a lot about that place so i have some thoughts um uh, any other bold predictions? Um, I think there's going to be like something, maybe like finding like a cookbook in Powell's maybe. And, and sure, it. that'd be fun. Um, I think that our one to five stump uh, rating system of how Portland it is uh, will break both in the, the things we're measuring and the number as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, that's a that's a safe prediction. Yes, that that scale will change. Um, oh, and wait, do we have any? Uh, do we have any hankies also? We're still doing hankies. Oh, we hadn't done hankies yet for this elimination. We'll well, I yeah. I have hankies the first episode. Yeah, I have half of a hanky. I I mean, I think probably more than anyone else oh, wait, on no. this show. Three, three. I forgot it was Roscoe. I liked it. Yeah, for Roscoe, Roscoe got the most hankies anyone could have gotten in this opening episode. I think, but yeah, that was a bummer. So on a on a relative hanky scale. Yes, ten. yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ten relative hankies. Um, ten ten hankies graded on the bird curve. <laughs> yeah. Um. If we're doing, if I, I guess, let's just uh, let's just call the winner right now. I'm guessing uh, Shoda. Me too. I was gonna say that. I get, oh. I'm getting strong Shoda vibes uh, from this uh, edit. All right, I'll go Sarah. Yeah, I'll I mean, Sarah. It's hard to pick against the person who won both of the first two episodes, and I would love it if it was Sarah. That would be a very pleasing ending for me. I, I got some stats for you. Uh, so six out of the last seventeen episodes, uh, seventeen seasons, uh, the person who uh, won the first uh, elimination went on to win. That is solid. That is solid. One out of three. I, yeah. I I mean, I definitely get Shota Sarah final vibes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, anybody else you get finalist vibes from? I think we gotta get a Gabe in there. Yeah, I mean, the you games. might as well just say Gabe because you cover a lot of territory that way. Yeah, but That's I think I think pit. Bad Gabe probably has the technical acumen that he'll last for a long time. So Texas Gabe, not finalist. Portland Gabe, or Portland Gabe. Portland Gabe. Oh, Portland Gabe is definitely getting the villain edit. Yep. A little bit. Yeah. Well, yep. he's giving it to himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. It's a there is a villain edit, and he keeps asking for it. It's weird. <laughs> I feel like Dawn is getting a little bit of a villain edit on this episode, too. Um, she seemed like she was less interested in playing well with others. Well, so. Yeah, a little. Yeah, um, she, she. we were recently watching uh, MTV's The Challenge, which mm-hmm. is otherwise known as the other greatest reality show of all time. Oh, interesting. And Olympian so. Lolo Jones was on there and had a similar not-here-to-make-friends energy. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't great. think anyone makes it to the Olympic team by being chill. Yeah, well, especially as an, at an individual sport. An individual sport, well. yeah. This is like... Yeah. Yeah, obsession is what has gotten you. I, know. Actually, I, I think like Dawn goes far for sure. I I have strong feelings about her. I think being Dawn's Pokemon. true enemy is always going to be gravity, though, right? So that's not a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if the like somewhere in the finals, she just has to jump over something that no one else can jump over. That would be strong. Yeah, I'll, um, I'm going to say Dawn early fan favorite. I don't I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, get a great but, smile. Yeah, I I, I think I think she's I. I I think she's got a really interesting story. Oh, I, I, I thought like you said it. Gabe. You said Dawn. You were, I said Dawn. You were, sorry, I was looking at the contestants list and you were mousing over Gabe and so I I heard what I wanted to hear. Anyway, yeah, yeah Dawn could be a fan favorite. I think that's possible. I also think Gabe could be. He's got a, he's got a good smile. Yeah. And Maria, she has a taco restaurant has an adorable hand motion for taco. Uh, yes. But is very highly pedigreed and probably, you know. I'm definitely going to visit background. her restaurant in Tucson yeah. as soon Every as I time can. they showed her food, that was the food that I wanted to eat. Like, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh. Looks Strong. So Strong. Um, uh, yeah, great. These are all great predictions. Well, all of this we will find out in the coming weeks if this happened. Um, let's wrap things up. Everybody, thank you so much for uh, listening. Thanks for being back with us. It's uh, probably my favorite part of having the show back is getting emails and, and uh, feedback from everybody and hearing everyone's opinions on it because that's why we did doing the show because we liked watching it and then we like talking about it with each other. So I like hearing other people get in. Um, so please write into us uh, podcast at readdeshoop.com also on Facebook and Twitter and to a lesser extent Instagram and we will be back with you next week with a different selection of too many panelists on our podcast and uh before we go chris would you do me a favor um i just need you to do a would you just pack your masks and go oh i'm sorry and by go definitely don't leave it's not safe (laughs) Um, stay indoors thank you for being here chris it's always great to talk to you absolutely um and as in sarah thanks for hanging out yeah Yeah. thank you congratulations on your besugared children (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much and megan thanks for talking to me Thank you. It's been so quiet in here without you talking to me before, but now we're doing it again. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll be back with everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>